Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Diarrhea! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you are having a terrific Wednesday morning. And if you are a baseball fan and you watch the All-Star Game, hope you enjoyed the festivities as Giancarlo Stanton in an action-packed All-Star Game. Giancarlo Stanton was the All-Star MVP. Don't look at me like that, Lubman. That ball is hammered to left center field. Goodbye. Two-run shot. Tie game. Right up to where he used to sit as a kid coming to games here at Dodger Stadium. He doesn't move. It's all upper body balance. You you hit off your legs, no doubt. But he got a rare two-strike pitch in the middle of the zone. And it was like he flicked, just flicked it to left field. Yeah, uh, two-run shot, tie the game. Then Byron Buxton follows it up. Back-to-back home runs, 3-2 game. And the score doesn't change after that. <laughs> Three to two was the final of a. If you're just looking at it purely from a game standpoint, what was a very boring baseball game? Not a lot of action. And you know, when you really think about it, if you're putting an all star pitcher up against these all star batters, a majority of the time, especially with. How pitchers are today where some of these guys, I mean, that dude from the Cardinals was throwing like 103 miles an hour and all these guys in the American League were like, what the hell is he doing? Why is he throwing 103 miles an hour in an all-star game? But when all these dudes are throwing high 90s and then also you're mixing it up with the lower speed guys, like it's got to be damn near impossible to hit in in an all-star baseball game now because pitchers 
are just as good as they have ever been, at least in totality. You know, you had a lot of, don't get me wrong, I mean, baseball before, you had a ton of star pitchers, um, you know, prior to this generation, but they didn't throw nearly as hard, they didn't throw with nearly as much movement, and you could thank uh, analytics and development for all of that, because pitchers now, it's it really is uh, a science. You know, there are a lot of guys who... I'm not going to say they're Greg Maddox, but they throw with the movement of that dude, but with the speed of a guy like Eric Gagne, you know? It's not one or the other. It's both. But there are a couple of things to take away from the All-Star game. Now, 888-957-9570 is the Comcast business text line and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in. I think you know if you listen to this program, especially if you're doing it this early in the morning, I think you know where I'm going with my favorite part of the All-Star Game, and that was mic'd up. Having these guys mic'd up to me during a baseball game is perfect. I go back to football. They always do the football mic'd up at the end of the game, and it used to be like a, like a tradition for me to watch sound effects whenever I could. Sound effects was the... Uh, was the NFL Network show where they do the like a half hour episode of mic'd up players used to watch that religiously and nowadays they've changed things up and really the mic'd up segments they don't do it in that form they have these game day access tapes but a majority of the time these guys aren't really saying anything because they're focused on the game they might yell a you know might yell a uh, uh, a something to pump themselves up every now and then you know they might yell something at their team but really these mic'd up things they're they they are devoid of action uh at least as far as talking goes but when you have an outfielder mic'd up during a game that's a lot of fun but we've never really seen a pitcher mic'd up now they chose alex manoa from the Toronto Blue Jays. This dude is 6'6". He's 260 pounds. Just an absolute monster of a pitcher. And he was so entertaining when he was mic'd up on the mound. Take a listen to this. Here we go. There's one. Here we go. There's two. He caught it. By you. Here we go. Yeah, baby. Front hey. Don't flinch. John, what do you got for him? I want two. Make this slider look like a strike on the outside corner and make it disappear off the corner. I'm thinking the slider too, but I think if I execute a good heater up. Yeah? You've seen the sinker twice. Something that stays true. Might throw him off a little bit. I think we're going to go with that. Let's see what Kirk calls. Right down the middle, but we'll take it. Three punches. <laughs> Let's go. Alec, congratulations. Woo! Thank you for doing this. Yeah, you're the best, man. That's a hell of a bullpen right there. Now that highlight compilation, credit to Fox for the audio, did not include the best part. When he was interacting with the broadcasters, Alex Manoa that is, and he was asking John Smoltz, hey man, what do you think I should throw here? What do you want me to do it on though? John? John, what do you want? Back foot slider, down and low. Oh, you're sexy. Here we go. No? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then he goes on to hit the dude. <laughs> yeah, went back foot slider, and then he ends up hitting him on the front foot. Mislocated that that slider 
Although, I mean, look, watching Manoa there, it was entertaining. That was in the third inning of the game, I believe. And it just, every inning I was looking forward to it. But after a while, you kind of realize that it's not just, oh, yeah, if you mic up every pitcher, they're going to have a lot of fun. It's, oh, Alex Manoa was just that entertaining. So it is on the player to be entertaining. Um, it's the same thing when you're micing up these guys in the outfield. They did it with Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez is a lot of fun. And uh, there's, uh, there's there's one more clip that I do want to play from these mic'd up segments that do involve Julio Rodriguez because once I saw Alex Manoa was mic'd up, I think any baseball fan that was watching that All-Star game, and I know A's fans, it, it, it stinks to hear this name, but Liam Hendricks last year... When he was mic'd up, you could hear him swear on the broadcast. And we were hoping Liam Hendricks would be mic'd up again. And he was. Now, he kept it clean for the most part. You know, cracked some uh, you know, some self-deprecating jokes. And really, the inning went by quite fast for him. But it was what happened in the last out that he made when he's trying to get the ball back. Because it was a fly ball to Julio Rodriguez... And Liam Hendricks wanted the ball back because he just pitched it in the All-Star game and he wants to keep that as a memento. And Julio Rodriguez almost threw it into the crowd. Fly to center field. Julio's got it. Come on! There you go, Liam. Don't throw the ball away! Julio! Julio! (laughs) Give me the ball! Give me the ball! (laughs) I need to keep it! <laughs> nice. I get everything authenticated. I gotta keep this one. I didn't get a strike out this time. I ruined my streak. <laughs> so, if you watch the video, it's hilarious. Right? I mean, you got Julio's laughing. He's saying, Oh, I might throw it to the outfield. And you just hear Liam Hendricks yell, Julio! But at the end, like, what the hell was he saying? I didn't understand a word. I get everything authenticated. I gotta keep this one. I didn't get a strike out this time. I ruined my streak. Huh. I'm going to keep this one. I didn't give up a run again. I didn't ruin my streak. I get everything authenticated. I got to keep this one. I didn't get a strike out this time. I ruined my streak. <laughs> oh, Liam Hendricks is such a character, man. And those dudes are just different. Those dudes are just different. Like, you know, like, they, 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 the Australians especially, they're so self-deprecating, Australian people are. If you've ever met any of them, they're, they're so funny. And especially when, especially the athletes, and Liam Hendricks is that sort of dude. Like, when you're among, you know, a fraternity of guys who are jocks, you know, guys who have been just put on this pedestal and just been praised constantly. You don't hear a lot of self-deprecation, but when you do from uh, guys like Liam Hendricks, it's refreshing. So that was fun uh, to hear him mic'd up. Julio! Julio! Give me the ball! But overall, the game was very boring. <laughs> At its core, you that's, that's the issue with it. I was going to come in this morning. I'm like, damn, you know, I got all these mic'd up things to talk about. And, oh, in baseball, they need guys mic'd up all the time. They need pitchers mic'd up. They need coaches mic'd up. But then you're just taking away from the game, and I think that's proof of where the game is at when you got to do all the all this all this extracurricular uh, all, all these extracurricular 
activities <laughs> to make the game more fun when you got to add that much to it. I think that just goes to show uh, how boring the game can be at the moment, especially one like that where there really isn't a lot of action. And I think it also, you know, they, that personified a baseball game last night. Just how boring it can really get because pitchers tend to dominate and strikeout rates are just sky high. Sky high. And when you don't get a lot of guys who are these, you know, contact hitters who are just going to try and hit it out, which you should in an all-star game, but it's going to end up like that where you're just seeing a bunch of dudes strike out and not a lot of action and you get back-to-back home runs and really that's as much action as you're going to get in a single inning. Uh, But, you know, I do think that it built up their stars in the right way. I think baseball did it right with the home run derby. Albert Pujols, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto. And then following it up with the All-Star game yesterday with the celebration of Jackie Robinson prior to the game. Mookie Betts giving a speech. Denzel giving a speech. Benjamin Platt sang the national anthem. Like a lot of uh, you know, a lot of good things to come out of uh, come out of that All Star game. The only problem was the actual game itself. And there is one more thing, though. One more thing that I did enjoy was the camera angle behind the plate, the hel- the, the umpire cam. I think we need more of that. I think we need more of that. That really puts into perspective how hard it is to hit a baseball. And, you know, you you complain the entire time about how there isn't hitting, and I've done that on the first 10 minutes of the show outside of playing these mic'd up segments. But those umpire cams do prove how hard it is to actually hit a small round ball with a round bat. I I think it was proof of how tough it is uh, to be a hitter in baseball. (laughs) Like, Like, man... Some of those angles that they were showing and some of the movement on those pitches. I thought the opening of the game was funny. You know, Otani getting on base and then getting picked off. Who gets picked off in an all-star game? Uh, A lot of fun there. And you know know what's interesting, too? One little thought that I had, um, well, a couple of little thoughts that I had as I was watching the game was, number one, I wanted to hate the Dodgers on that team so badly. But as far as the lineup goes... When you got guys like Mookie Betts and Trey Turner in there, it's hard to hate those guys. Pretty likable players. You know, Tony Gonsolin was on the mound. No problem with Tony Gonsolin. Clayton Kershaw starting things off. Clayton Kershaw is a Dodger that I think a lot of Giants fans respect. It's like the Dodgers were a lot easier to hate when they had a bunch of hateable players. They don't have all that many right now. Their stars are very likable guys. Not much bad you can say about Mookie Betts and Trey Turner. <laughs> you know? I, I, I like those guys. And then another thing, Joe Davis was doing the broadcast, and I believe he took over for uh, Vin Scully, which is just never an easy gig. Um, but this is just me, and this might be the most controversial thing that I'll ever say on this show because the Bay Area feels some type of way about this broadcaster. But to me, when Joe Buck is on a broadcast, it just screams big game. Like, you know, Joe Buck calling a Super Bowl. All right, Joe Buck calling the World Series. Joe Buck, to me, whenever I hear that, I'm like, all right, I know that this is going to be a big game coming up. And it's going to be like that when we're on these, uh, when, when he's on these national broadcasts. But now that he's not with Fox anymore, 
I don't think that it's going to be the same with the World Series. It's going to take some getting used to. Because Joe Buck has been the voice of the World Series for however long. For a, <laughs> for a damn long time. It's going to take some getting used to. That was just a random thought that I had as I was watching the All-Star game. Probably looking too deep into it, but um, I don't know. His dry sense of humor. Uh, his dry sense of humor and everything that he would bring to the broadcast. I enjoyed that. Uh, for the 925, Max Muncy is a douche, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Max Muncy's one of those guys. Max Muncy's one of them. Sure. Yeah, not a lot, though. Not like their entire team. You know? Where it's easy just to dislike everyone on that Dodgers roster. It's not that easy anymore. You know, you, you could select a couple here and there. Overall, team's full of likable guys. You know, you can look at Freddie Freeman any way you want to. That whole situation with the Braves and Ronald Acuna and, you know, what happened there. But I also don't even look at Freddie Freeman as like a Dodger, you know? Yeah, I guess it's the same. Mookie Betts I'd still look at as a Dodger, I guess, but I would still remember him with the Red Sox, you know? Trey Turner with the Nationals. I don't know, but Mookie Betts is going to be there for a very long time, as well as Trey Turner, so we're going to see them. Eventually, we'll get used to them uh, being a Dodger uh, in our mind. All right, coming up next, we have an update with Jimmy Garoppolo later on in the show. I do want to get to this. Steph Curry is going to be doing the ESPYs tonight. I don't think anybody has made the ESPYs appointment television ever. But with Steph Curry hosting, I think a lot of the Bay Area is going to be watching tonight. So I got a list of people that I want him to take shots at when he is on the stage. So that's going to be a fun segment. We're going to do that at about 5.50. So we'll speak on that for 10 minutes. Who we want Steph to make fun of when he's up there on the podium, uh, you know, giving the hosting the ESPY. So random. So I do want to get to that later on. But Jimmy Garoppolo, we had an update from Ian Rappaport yesterday. And something interesting, I think. And, I, and it sounds like... Whoever is leaking this information really either wants them to start with the 49ers or if it's the 49ers leaking the information, they really want them want to find a trade partner for them. We'll get to that next. Steven Lankford did all the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Game show on 957 the game. Here's Stephen Langford.
everybody. Stephen Lightford in. And to be honest, I'm kind of done talking about the All-Star game. You know, I came in this morning thinking that it was going to be like fun and all, and all that, but it's, there, there was nothing really there. You know, it didn't have that Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, 470-foot bomb to left field. You know, but I do think that it was proof. And, and one more just final thought on the All-Star game. I do think that with these players being mic'd up, you can't do that throughout the regular season. Like, players aren't just are just not going to be willing to do it. You know, you got to focus on these games. Sometimes you might get an outfielder mic'd up during the playoffs, i.e. Ramon Laureano during that wild card series against the Chicago White Sox. If anyone remembers that, people were pissed the next day. That was actually a large talking point on the pregame show the following day. Do players need to be mic'd up during the playoffs? We got into a fun little debate about it. Uh, and by we, I mean me and you, text line, 888 Comcast business text line, and also you on the phones. Uh, but with these players being mic'd up, I do think it is proof, once again, that baseball is in good hands when it comes to the players because these dudes are entertaining. What do you want me to do it on, though? John? John, what do you want? Back foot slider, down and low. Oh, you're sexy. Here we go. No? (laughs) Yeah. And Manoa would go on to hit the dude. Credit to Fox for the audio. You know, Liam Hendricks and Julio Rodriguez having fun in the out in, in the field after Liam Hendricks, uh, you know, gets a pop out in the with uh, with two outs to close out the inning, and Julio Rodriguez wasn't giving him the ball back. Julio, Julio, give me the ball. It's like something out of a movie, but. The game's in good hands with the players. They just need to make changes within the organization, within Major League Baseball, because Rob Manfred, I don't know if anyone saw this yesterday, but he said that uh, minor leaguers basically don't have anything to complain about when it comes to their wages, and minor leaguers make terrible money. Obscene. Obscenely terrible money. Like, it's it's awful. So they just need to make a change starting at the top because right now your young crop of players and your older crop, too, they're a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, you know, looking forward to uh, seeing what ba- what happens with baseball, but really when the most exciting moments are a couple of mic'd up players, then something is wrong with your game. And that's exactly what it was uh, last night. But let's move on because we are, can't believe it, Six days away from training camp starting on July 26th. That's the math right there. It's July 20th. And Ian Rappaport, six days away. Jimmy Garoppolo still hasn't traded. Kind of feel bad for uh, Rita underscore Oak, who's been drawing Jimmy G every day on Twitter until he gets traded. And I forgot what day it is now, uh, but I think yesterday, actually, she did a rendition of uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me where she made Jimmy Garoppolo into Austin Powers and then, uh, or no, Jimmy Garoppolo into Dr. Evil, then Trey Lance into Mini-Me, or it was Jimmy Garoppolo into Austin Powers and then Trey Lance into Mini-Me. Either way, Trey Lance was Mini-Me. But Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, NFL Insider, gave an update on Jimmy Garoppolo and where he's at. I'm told Jimmy Garoppolo saw Dr. Neil Elitrash, the respected surgeon who did his surgery to repair the torn capsule in his throwing shoulder earlier in this offseason, That was over the last several days. He is progressing extremely well, working with a physical therapist every day, doing exactly what he needs to be done. 
it is all positive and the expectation is he will be fully cleared. In other words, able to make all the throws 40 yards down the field and more at about mid-August. That is the expectation. I'm told the 49ers are thrilled with where Jimmy Garoppolo is as far as his health. The rotator cuff, that is expected to be stronger when he gets through all of this. But anyway, we are not going to get any answer on where he is going to be playing until he's fully and finally physically clear. Okay. So you hear that update, but the most important words came at the end of that update where he said that rotator cuff is stronger than before. Well, here it is, everybody. The prophecy is on its way to being complete. And that is the prophecy made on the pregame show a little while back that after Jimmy Garoppolo has surgery and he's going to be throwing a football, it is going to be like rookie of the year where the main character breaks his arm and then Rowan Rowan Gardner breaks his arm and then gets it fixed. And once he's out of the cast, he could throw a baseball a thousand miles an hour. I thought that's what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. And look at that. Rotator cuff. Stronger than ever. Rookie of the year prophecy. It is complete. Nah, not really. Not really. Not really. But but, but what I did take away from that is, alright, he's starting to get ramped up here. Not going to be there at the start of training camp, it looks like, because they're still waiting to be full, fully cleared. So it is going to be Trey Lance a go at training camp. But I do wonder, you know, what who who leaked this out? Like who is going to like does Don Yee, the agent, is it is he telling Ian Rappaport this? Is the team telling Ian Rappaport this? Oh, Jimmy is really coming along here and his rotator cuff is stronger than ever. Are they putting it out there so that finally some team will trade for him? Are the 49ers going to release him at some point? Because I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that prior to July 26th. Like, I thought they would. But there comes a time when they got to make some sort of decision, and they probably won't until training camp starts. And I'm of the belief that you don't need Jimmy Garoppolo backing up Trey Lance. I'm, I'm, I'm in that camp where, look, just have Trey Lance go out there as a QB one. Like if you, you know, of course you'd love to have a great backup quarterback uh, in the middle of the regular season. Um, sure, you know you'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo over Nate Sudfeld. I think you'd answer that question ten times out of ten. But even if Jimmy Garoppolo was coming in uh, as a backup, of course you'd still want to win games. But can you really win game win that many games with Jimmy Garoppolo if Trey Lance is out for the season? Is Jimmy Garoppolo really going to lead you out to the Super Bowl? Like if if. Trey Lance gets hurt and is out for the season. Like, he is your guy. You're not supposed to have very high hopes, you know? I'm sure Eagle. I know Eagles fans are a little different because they had Nick Foles lead him to a Super Bowl, whatever, but they also had an all-time defense. I just, you know, I, I think that I'm in that camp, right, where Garoppolo shouldn't be backing up Trey Lance. I think Dr- Dr- uh, Jimmy G needs to be off this team just... 
give Trey Lance the tunnel vision of, hey, I'm the starter of this team, I only want to improve, without having that little thought in the back of your mind that Jimmy G's backing me up, the franchise guy, or the guy they wanted to originally be the franchise quarterback when they signed him to that big contract back in uh, 2018, or at least when it kicked in back in 2018. But Steve Young, who was on the station yesterday... (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting a lot of okay I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh getting a lot of rookie of the year uh, uh quotes coming in on the text line. Damn it, you're distracting me. <laughs> but Steve Young was in with Damon and Larry Kruger yesterday. And or and Steve Young had a lot to say. We're going to get to all that on the other side. But he did talk about Jimmy Garoppolo backing up Trey Lance in training camp and what that would do, what kind of impact that would have. Uh, but the nine two five funky butt loving, you may be right for the four one five. So his new rocket arm will overthrow to Debo in the playoffs like he did to Sanders in the Super Bowl. Don't you mean Hosenbagger, Garden Hoser, Drake from Mountain View? It's so good. Best part of Rookie of the Year, one of my favorite parts, and this just this this doesn't really get talked about as far as the comedic scenes, because of course you got you know Daniel Stern playing Coach Brigma, you know where he's uh, where he's swatting uh, where he's using his hat to pretend to swat flies around when he's on the field, and they're in the middle of the game, and, and the, the catcher goes, "That's the signal, kid. You're in the game." Little things like that, you know. A lot of those, a lot of those, we we, we know those moments. But my favorite moment in that movie is when Gary Busey, a.k.a. Chet Stedman, is, they're on a plane flight. They're on one of the team flights. They're on the road, whatever. And Rowan Gardner, Henry Rowan Gardner, goes and sits next to Chet Stedman as they're sitting on the airplane, and they're eating dinner. And Gary Busey's like, hey, man, what'd you have to eat? And then Rowan Gardner's like, chicken fingers. What about you? And then he's looking down, and he's just salivating over this plate over this plate of airplane steak. He's like, "This is the best Salisbury steak I've ever had in my life." I'm like, what? You're an athlete, and the best Salisbury steak you'd ever had in your life was on a plane. Never really thought about that before until I watched that movie. When you know, you know, that's you know that little space in between where you, when you don't watch a movie for like ten or fifteen years and then you watch it again, then you then you kind of realize things. You know, like uh, you you understand a little more. I was thinking, damn, that's that's kind of sad. If you're an athlete and the best Salisbury steak you've ever had in your life was on the team plane, yeah, that's right. Hot ice. It's the best of both worlds. All right. From the 650, Garoppolo led the Niners to the Super Bowl already, so you don't know what you're talking about, but this version of Garoppolo 650 is different than that 2019 version of Garoppolo. It's very different. I was I was backing up Jimmy G a majority of the time back a couple of years ago, but you see a different quarterback now compared to that one in 2019. You really do, 650. You really do. So you don't know what you're talking about. Y-O-U-R means you're, by the way. It doesn't mean you are. Uh, Coming up next, Steve Young, what he had to say on Trey Lance and Jimmy G, the impact that he will have. Then coming up at 5.50, I had to be that grammar guy. I had to do it! Coming up at 5.50, though, Steph Curry, he's hosting the ESPYs. Who do you want to see him take shots at? Who? Triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll get to that, all that, on the other side. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Thirteen minutes, twelve minutes rather. Going to have some fun. Steph is hosting the ESPYs tonight. Who do you want to see him make fun of? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Who do you want to see him take shots at? Because that's what the ESPYs is all about. Now, if you don't think Steph is going to take shots at anybody, fine. But let's just have some fun and entertain the idea that he could possibly do it. Coming up tonight, something to get excited about. So I do want to do that coming up here at 5.50, uh, but want to continue to talk some 49ers because Steve Young was on with Damon and Ratto. Larry Kruger was in for Ratto yesterday, and they had a lengthy conversation, a fantastic conversation. Um, so, of course, if you want to listen to the whole thing, you can go to the Odyssey app, favorite 95.7 the game, use the rewind feature, go back. And, of course, we have the separate podcasts as well as we do post them um, as producers. So go up. You, you can go to the Odyssey app and you can find it there. But he had plenty to say. And I do I, I do got to say this, too. Uh, from the 415, I'm seeing a lot of... Uh, and then 925, Camp Low on the Rejoin. Nice, yeah. One of the most underrated albums of all time. Uh, but from the 415... Or ha- not, not Camp Low, the album, but you know what I'm getting at. From the 415, Uptown Saturday Night. So Trey is the Ferrari, and Jimmy G is the repaired Volvo, now listed on Craigslist. I don't like, like, I'm just gonna throw, I'm just gonna throw this out there right now. There are two things that I think have been overplayed. Well, three. Number one is the gritty. I think the gritty is just, is just way too played out. It's not cool anymore. Like, we had two NFL seasons of it. Everybody does it. I think it's just, I think it's just overused. I don't care about the gritty anymore. That's number one. Don't know why I mentioned that, but it just popped into my head. Uh, but number two and three, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just lump these in. When we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey, you know, Kevin Durant, when that situation comes up, we always have to make the car and the relationship analogies. The relationship one, fine, you know, but the car analogy, I'm just going to be straight up with you. I don't know bleep about cars, so I I could barely make those, I, I, I could barely, you know, I can barely make that analogy. Like, of course, I know a Ferrari is better than a repaired Volvo that's now listed on Craigslist. I do get that. But I feel like I need to be more educated on cars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's just me. The most the, the, the most education I've had on cars is watching the British version of Top Gear. You know? And the Bugatti Veyron. The fastest car in the world. You know what I mean? I don't even watch that for the cars. I just watch that for the hosts. I miss Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond. All right, that's just a, that's just a quick aside, right? So I'm not gonna. I, you haven't heard me make many car comparisons, and that's why. But Steve Young was on yesterday, and he spoke to this, and this was fascinating to me because one of the conversations that we have had, and one of the talking points is if Jimmy Garoppolo is at camp and he's backing up Trey Lance, and he's right there, how will that impact Trey Lance? Well, Steve Young spoke on that in the regular season. Here's what he had to say on with Damon and Ratto, although, again, Larry Kruger was in for Ratto. Here's what Steve Young had to say. It is more complex with Jimmy standing there. There's no question. I get that. But what I would say to Trey is that situation is no, not necessarily that much harder than the fact that you're struggling and the whole team's staring at you, the whole town's staring at you. You're not doing the job. 
and you've got to start doing the job. I guess your point is, why make it that much harder when it's already hard, which I appreciate. But the issue that really comes down is, then does Jimmy play? You can't just have a guy struggle and not have someone on the bench who can take his job. So that's the question for management right now and for John and Kyle is, do you want the ability to put Jimmy in the game to replace Trey when he struggles? If you're okay with that and all that that entails, then that's not a terrible place to be to have backups, to have other solutions. It doesn't necessarily mean it's great for the future of your young quarterback. It doesn't mean it's great for stability in the locker room. It does fracture locker rooms. It can cause lots of grief. But the locker room showed pretty strong resilience last year with inklings of this. Yeah, it's not so much the the locker room that I'm personally I'm worried about. Like I, I think the locker room is just fine. Like these dudes have proven they're professionals. You know, I I, I I don't think that sort of thing would fracture a locker room. It's not the locker room so much that I'm focusing on. Um, but with Trey Lance, and Steve Young did mention this, with Trey, if he does struggle and you bring in Jimmy and he's proven that he is the better quarterback on the season, like, what do you do? You know, it turns into, you know, a catch-22. I guess with Trey and Jimmy, we could call it a for the Bay Area area code's sake, it's a catch 510, catch 510, where, hey, Jimmy comes in and Trey's struggling, and then Jimmy balls out out of nowhere, looks completely different than he did last season, and proves me wrong and makes 650 here, who really just hates me this morning, who makes 650 look smart as hell <laughs> like, like right now. You know, if, if Jimmy does that, that's going to be a tough decision to make because you got your franchise guy. And you've done, you know, you've had two years under his rookie contract. You got two more years to go. I mean, do you do you pay Jimmy? Is he going to find somewhere else to go as a free agent? That's what I'd assume would happen. Is that you know Jimmy would just up his value there? But my whole thing is, it's not during the regular season. It is during training camp. You know, I I, I I've heard a lot of oh they need the competition. They need the competition. But it's different when it is your franchise guy, or who was originally your franchise guy, sitting behind who's supposed to be the new young franchise rookie, and he's trying to make a name for himself and trying to make more money, and Jimmy G is just waiting right there. I do think that would, uh, you know, having that in the back of Trey Lance's mind, I just I just don't want that. I just don't want that. Like, you know, and I'm not trying to sit here and say that, you know, Trey is mentally soft or any of that. I'm not trying I'm not trying to speak on Trey at all here, at least you know, from a from a mental aspect of the game. But I'm just saying that Trey is a human being. <laughs> this dude will. It's like it's it's just only natural that if you have somebody who is sitting there possibly wanting to take your job. It's going to be hard just to go in there with a clear mind, you know, because when you make a mistake, then that escalates to another mistake. Then you start overthinking. You know, I think Jimmy did that through this season. I know everyone said that he stayed professional, but you can't tell me that it was like that 2019 season where, you know, he'd throw an interception and then after that, on the ensuing drive, he'd go and he'd go downfield and score a touchdown. It wasn't like that a lot this season. It happened a couple of times, but in 2019, if you're talking 2019, Jimmy, that's what made him real special that year was the way that he was able to bounce back after interceptions. So 
I'm 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 just wondering, you know, how is that going to impact Trey Lance, like in training camp? Is it going to impact him? I think it would if I had to if I had to give you an answer. But that's just where I'm at. Now, Steve Young talked about the blueprint for Trey Lance and what he can do. Here's Steve Young on with the Damon and Ratto show yesterday. Any footprints that you see uh, ahead of you, they're mine. <laughs> like, like there's no way that you're going to go through something uh, in the next 10 years, specifically in San Francisco, that, that I, I don't have some context for or have some history with or some unusual situation from being on the front page of the Chronicle when they blamed the Gulf War on me in 1991. You know, it's it's funny, but it's not funny kind of thing. And so I think Trey is, I just want to let him know that part of it, that whatever path you're on, there's people that have kind of walked it in not exactly the same way, but and just some context for how to have some resilience to it, not try to try to focus on the things that are most important. The outside noise. How is he going to handle that outside noise? From the 415, I do agree. It took Josh Allen two full seasons to become who he is now. It did. And you know what? That took a lot of resilience for Josh Allen. I'm sure the city of Buffalo was going crazy after those first couple of seasons. Straight up, 415. I didn't think that Josh Allen was good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL uh, during that second season. When I'm seeing this dude throw under 60% in completion percentage, throwing more interceptions than touchdowns, just looking frazzled out there, for lack of a better term. Like I thought, I just didn't think that he was going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but, you know, he comes back the next season and just looks unbelievable. Just made, just looked leaps and bounds better than, than what he originally did. But... I, I do think that you need to have that patience with Trey Lance, and the team probably would. But I do think that there would be that one if if Jimmy comes in during the season and he just balls out and Trey struggles. Yeah, I don't know. That could that could uh, that could muddle some things up. But you know what? They probably would stay the course. And I want I wonder how that would go. I really do. But I think I I think Trey I, personally I think Trey Lance is going to be good. Like I I actually think he's going to have some success uh, in the NFL. It might not all come this rookie season, but we saw flashes of it last year. And there's this one throw to the sideline that I look at. It always happens with the Cardinals. It was the same thing back with Jimmy uh, in 2019 when you wanted to see what the connection with Emmanuel Sanders was like. And then Emmanuel Sanders in that first game, like Jimmy throws a lead, uh, throws a uh, basically a lead pass where. Emmanuel didn't even have to look, and he'd already—he hadn't even broken from his route yet. And Jimmy had already thrown the ball, put it in the perfect place, and Emmanuel Sanders caught it. Uh, Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk had a similar type of thing last year against the Cardinals, where there was that throw to the sideline where it was just an absolute dart, put it in only a spot that Ayuk could catch it. It's little throws like that where I think, all right, yeah, he can have some success uh, in the NFL going forward. There was a lot of good. There was a lot of bad too. From the 925, it doesn't matter what quarterback you have. If you're playing the same team twice a week, damn it. (laughs) That's the worst. That's going to come back on me. That is going to come back on me, saying that they play the Seahawks twice a week. Yikes. That was bad. Uh, But Steve Young, one more thing. Talking about the timeline for Jimmy Garoppolo from his perspective on with Damon and Ratto's show yesterday. I think the number one thing is get healthy, then prove it. That's what has to happen for the whole, for everybody. 
get healthy, and then go prove it, whether it's in a preseason game, whether it's in preseason practice, whether it's in private workout, like prove that you're healthy. Once that day comes that he's proven to be healthy, then I think probably Jimmy should say to the 49ers, okay, what's the deal? And if they kind of, you know, look into the sky and kind of, then I think that's when he says, look, I've, I've done my part and I'd really appreciate my release. And you've, you've scoured the world for some kind of value. You've looked for any kind of opportunities for trades, you know, you, you know, and short of, hey, look, Jimmy, we want you here on the team. We want to pay you. We want you to be a backup. And Jimmy says, yes. I mean, short of that, I feel like get healthy. Show you, show the world that you're healthy. Get the team a minute to kind of react to that, and with the rest of the league to react to that. And then days, not weeks later, say, "Look, you know, there's nothing happening. You know, just release me." I, I suspect that's that's what I would think about doing. Wow, wow. I mean, if Jimmy gets released again, just gives. Trey Lance, a clear path to being that number one quarterback, forgetting about that outside noise, not focusing on that, just focusing purely on his game. Because back to your point, 415, it took Josh Allen two full seasons to become who he is now. Also, Josh Allen was the starter on that team. Like, no one was going to take his job. And it it was understood by him that nobody was going to take his job and that he had to up the ante in that third year. From the three four one. Now, as we we move on, all right, we got six more days until training camp. But I wanted to give us plenty of time because I think this is going to be a, a fun segment, fun for you to get involved, fun for a little participation. And we're going to play some music behind this. Uh, but Steph Curry is hosting the ESPYS. I was about to say Oscars. Steph Curry is hosting the ESPYS tonight. Who really cares about the ESPYS? I have not. Watch the ESPYs in a very long time, but of course, if Steph Curry is going to host, then yes, I'm going to make that appointment viewing on my television, at least the opening monologue. But Steph, who do you want to see him make fun of tonight? Who do you want to see him take shots at? Let's play. I need to play this one. I know they don't play this anymore when it's uh, the pregame intros. But they still played it during the parade speeches, the private parade speeches. So I think this song still has some, uh, uh, still has some pool within the organization. But who do you want to see Steph take shots at tonight? Pun intended, with a basketball player. Because I got, I got a few listed here, and my number one, and people have already texted this in, but my number one, because I got a couple. My number one, though, is John Morant and the Grizzlies. I want, out of anybody, I want him to roast the bleep out of those guys. All the talking that they're doing. Like, the one guy who hasn't talked is Steph. You know, I mean, he hasn't gone out there and said anything about the Grizzlies. Not an, not an oppressor. Really, the only the only guy who's done it is Clay Thompson in that presser, and then Draymond Green continuing with his podcast. But I think that John Morant and and John Morant in Memphis, they need to get lit up by Steph tonight. I really think so. But 888-957-9570, Comcast business text line and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in. I want him to make fun of Draymond. I want him to take a shot at Draymond for his podcast. You know, just for saying all of the random stuff that he has been saying so far. The fact that he has been calling out 
everybody. <laughs> like, like, I think Steph can find a way to make fun of Draymond. Like, hey, Draymond, you're the one that has a podcast, but they asked me to host the ESPYs. I don't know, something like that. And I'm sure Steph is going to have people writing for him and, uh, and and all that. But Draymond needs to be on that list of guys. So those are my first two. Those are the two that are mandatory for me. It needs to be John the Grizzlies, and it needs to be Draymond Green. Uh, but number three, and I don't know if he's going to do this, but Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a guy he needs to take shots at, but I don't know. Like I don't know how he's going to though. Other than saying, you know, oh, you left our team and you win one playoff game in two seasons with that team and now you want to trade. Like, will he do that? Because I don't think Kevin or Kevin Durant's gonna be going to the ESPYs. I don't think he's I don't think he I don't think he wants to. And this is a valid question, I guess, from the four one five. If Steph not roasting KD, then there might be truth that he wants KD back. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it also depends on who is going to be there. You know? But the, the, the ESPYs have never been you know, appointment viewing. Who knows if Kevin Durant is even going to watch it. But you know for a fact that if Steph makes fun of him, then yeah, he is going to see it. He's going to find it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, where was it here? I Someone texted in 5 earlier from the 510. People for Steph to throw shade at in order of priority. Wow. Number one, Charles Barkley. Number two, Nick Wright. Number three, Celtics fans. Number four, Grizzlies fans. Number five, Kendrick Perkins. Man, I just don't know if he's going to be calling out anybody in the media. You know, I wonder wonder if he's going to call out Kendrick. Maybe Brian Windhorst. You know, for saying that it was a checkbook win for the Warriors. I don't know. Maybe he'll make a joke like, ah, this is a checkbook suit or something like that. But man, I, I think I, 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 Tamir, damn Tamir, coming in strong. Forget roasting players. Just go at the media, folks. Go at Perkins. Go at other ESPN personalities. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. But I, I need him to make fun of John the Grizzlies. I, I do. Like that's my number one thing. Out of anything that's bothered me so far uh, throughout this offseason, it has been Ja Morant and the way that the Grizzlies have have reacted to it. It's mostly Ja, though. It's mostly Ja. And also, I mean, he could say, like, you know, hey, you said on that podcast, you said with Taylor Rooks that you would beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. Really? Really? (laughs) You know what I mean? He couldn't even beat us. Couldn't even beat us in the playoffs. How are you going to beat Michael Jordan one-on-one? From the 415, Steph should walk out with the laundry list of receipts. <laughs> Which is like a CVS receipt full of full of uh, just making fun of people. That'd be great. From the 650, Tom Brady and how he retired and unretired within weeks. I don't even know if that's anything to make fun of. Although, I think if a, I think if a comedian was up there, he'd do it. But... Steph's not a comedian. Like, a comedian could land a joke with Tom Brady, you know, and, and talk about how, wow, you didn't want to hang out with your family for, uh, it only took you like a week to decide, I don't want to hang out with my family, because the reason that he retired, he said, was partially because of his family. Then a week later, he unretires, and oh yeah, by the way, he signs a 10-year deal to broadcast? <laughs> oh, man. 
I think Charles Barkley would be one. Yeah, because Steph was roasting Barkley at the American Century Championship. He was. And it may be low-hanging fruit, but I think Steph needs to make fun of John the Grizzlies. I think he needs to make fun of Draymond. Just teammate crime. I think that'd be great. Teammate on teammate crime. And then uh, and then Kevin Durant. Certainly Kevin Durant. Is there anyone else? I mean, LeBron. All right. I mean... LeBron, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you can make a take a shot at LeBron not making the playoffs or something. From the 510, I think Perkins is an idiot, but I did see a clip of him saying Curry is on the Mount Rushmore is on four of the top four players of all time for him. So there you go. <laughs> Maybe Steph likes him. Celtics fans is a good one, though. Celtics fans is a real good one. Yeah, from the 9 to 5. Or leave John the Grizz alone. Don't even acknowledge him. That would hurt their ego. That would really play into it, too. Like you, I guarantee you, like, you know, if Steph made a joke, Ja would go on Twitter and then give some sort of emoji. I don't even know what that emoji would be. Like, a, I don't know. Is, is the frog drinking a cup of tea still a thing? <laughs> I miss those days. Or was just the frog drinking tea? Yeah, well, you know that goes unsaid, but you know everyone knows what everyone knows. Everyone knows what we mean. But it's like what from the nine two five. Steph should reiterate Clay calling out that guy for tweeting strength and numbers and calling him a bum. That's Ham from Pittsburgh. Roast Barkley. He's just a lame brain. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure he'll find a way. But I think Steph's going to be good. Steph. Steph is a jack of all trades. Like one of the things I remember most from his uh, one of his MVP uh, MVP speeches was when he was thanking his sister and how they'd quote wedding crashers all the time. He dressed up for Halloween one time in college as a Globo Jim Purple Cobra from Dodgeball. He posted that to Instagram. So he's a fan of comedy movies. I think that he's got the comedic chops to do it. But can he roast these people? And I really, I really want to see him do that. So it's going to be appointment viewing tonight. Uh, who do you got? Stars and athletes scheduled to present this year: Odell Beckham, Mookie Betts, John Boyega. Oh, that's interesting. Sierra, is Russell Wilson on there too? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is presenting tonight. Oh boy. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to start out his presentation. You know, everybody. Let's take five deep breaths. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. He's going to be like a yoga instructor up there when he's presenting. That's exactly what he's going to be. Roast Aaron Rodgers' tattoo if you can, Steph. Roast his tattoo, please. Oh, boy. It's going to be fun tonight. It's going to be fun. Draymond is in attendance, by the way. So, there you go. Draymond's going to be in attendance. He, he, he better roast the crap out of Draymond. I'm just saying right now. It'd be funny. I think Draymond could take a joke, too, so that'd be funny. And Draymond talks about it on his podcast. Oh, can't wait. Content for tomorrow on a July when, you know, we're finally starting to get back into baseball on the Thursday. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining the show. Bonte. Joe the Butcher Boy Shassi are coming up next with the Morning Roast. It's been a lot of fun today. You got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass up until 9 o'clock. And as always, go sports. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.